Good day and welcome to the ESPN conference call with bracketologist Joe Lenardi. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Angela Yang. Please go ahead, ma'am. Thanks, Isaac. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining today's conference call with ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi. Uh, momentarily, Isaac will be giving instructions on queuing up for questions, but we just ask that you please keep it to one question and one follow-up for the first round so that we can get to everyone in the queue. And if we have extra time towards the end, we'll open up all lines for additional questions. Uh, with that being said, uh, we can get started. Please go ahead with the instructions in the first question, Isaac. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question today, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. A voice prompt on the phone line will indicate when your line is open. Please state your name before posing your question. Again, press star 1 to ask a question. We'll pause for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity. And we'll take our first question. And it looks like our first question will be from Rusty Simmons. Please go ahead. Hey, Joe, thanks for doing this this morning. Go ahead, Rusty. How are you? I'm doing great. If I can, I'd like to ask about two of the Bay Area schools. Um, one, what your thoughts are on, on St. Mary's, who, who lost a tough one to Gonzaga last night, and then um, Cal, what you think they need to do in the Pac-12 tournament to, to maybe qualify for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I was kind of surprised in that game last night. Uh, I, I, I did a cut-in into the St. Mary's game, and, I guess he's worried, Randy, about making it, in part based on last year. But I, I, I don't, I'm not seeing them at risk at all. Uh, uh, you know, they're going to be a single-digit seed and and playing in the top half of a bracket. Uh, they, they they were just too good all year long. So I, my concern for St. Mary's, while I understand, you know, and last year wasn't the first time they've been snubbed with a good season, uh, but but. You know, they have four losses and three of them to arguably the number one team in the country, certainly number one seed. So I'm not going to hold that against them, and I don't think the committee will either. Now, Cal is a different story, uh, in part because of the way they closed the season, less than stellar, right? Uh, they lost at least two straight, maybe more. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh you know, I, I they need – let me look at the Pac-12 bracket here. I mean, tonight, you know, can only hurt them, right? Oregon State and, and uh, the, you know, it's just a stay-alive game. They lost five out of six down the stretch. Admittedly, four were on the road. Uh, what was in my head that I couldn't quite recall was that game at Utah uh, a week ago uh, where they got, you know, hammered pretty good um you know they're going to play utah again if they win so that won't really help them either like they have to get to the final i think just to be in the conversation they just don't have enough good wins yeah perfect i really appreciate it joe okay and we'll take our next question Caller, please go ahead. Yes, hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, hi. This is Joe. This is Jerry Tipton in uh, Lexington. I, hey, Jerry. Uh, I hope you can help me. I'm just wondering how you assess a team like Kentucky that's uh, kind of been two teams. They they have a good <laughs> version and then a, a not-so-good version, a lot of times in the same game. 
So how, how is a team like that assessed? Well, it's probably not as uncommon as we think. Um, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde deal in college basketball, I mean, we are still talking about college-age kids, and I think we know, you know, from our own parenting experiences that they tend to be unpredictable. Uh, so maybe the surprise is that it that it doesn't happen more often. Now, in Kentucky's case this year, uh, you, you know, I think they're kind of playing against their own shadow in some respect uh, because, you know, most people expect them to be a one seed, you know, to be the 800-pound gorilla in the SEC and, and to always be a, a Final Four favorite. Uh, so this year when they're just kind of what I would call regular good, uh, right. people seem to think that something's wrong. And, you know, they're going to be at worst a three seed. Uh, they're going to be favored at least into the second weekend. And after that, you know, it's always 50-50 games. And I, I, I don't really think they're that hard to assess if, if you just kind of look at it outside the prism of what's Kentucky supposed to do versus, you know, most people would take being a two or a three seed in a given seat. <laughs> and as a follow-up, uh, I wonder how you assess the SEC. How many teams are in or, or is Vandy in? Yeah, I think Vandy is in. Um, they, they could be in a situation where they have to go again to the first four where they've played other times, and there's certainly been a lot of SEC representation at the first four over the years. But when I look at it, uh, I don't think there really is a bubble in the SEC at this point. I think the five that are going, um, you know, obviously UK and Florida at the top, South Carolina, Arkansas, and now Vandy, and, and short of a complete run by an underdog, in a dramatic fashion at the tournament, those are the five that we're going to be talking about a week from now. Thanks, Joe. Sure. We'll take our next question. Please announce your name and your outlet, please. Hi, Rob Gray, Cyclone Fanatic. How's it going, Joe? I'm good, Ron. Well, thanks for your time. I uh, just wanted to ask quickly about um, Iowa State's outlook heading into the Big 12 tournament. I see you have them a six right now, and I wonder how much that can be altered based on just a win over Oklahoma State or going deep and maybe winning the tournament. Yeah, I have to say um, I, I seem to have been uh, overvaluing Iowa State most of the season vis-a-vis, you know, the other uh, – bracket people out there, but, but I see a team, you know, that's pretty dangerous. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure they can win the Big 12 tournament, but, but I mean, anybody that can win at Kansas, right, is, is at least in the conversation for a, for a live dark horse here. They've got a lot of really good wins. Uh, they've played well away from home. They've played well lately. And, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament are are going to be outrageous. I mean, yeah. with with tournament teams and and you know they're playing an Oklahoma State team. It's a 50-50 game. Um, if they were to win, you know, they probably need to beat Kansas after that to move up. 
but I don't see them moving down really. You know, I suppose they could drop to a seven, but uh, I don't think they have to worry about being in that eight nine range. That's, and then the Big Twelve in general, uh, it appears that Kansas State might be the only team, you know, on, on bubble alert. What would they have to do to? I mean, would one win be enough possibly for them to nudge them out? Or yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think it could be. I mean, I'm not in love with with their profile either from a non-conference schedule standpoint or uh, a league record standpoint. Uh, but you know, they do have some nice wins. And getting Baylor on a neutral court is essential to them at this point, uh, almost a play-in game for them. Uh, when is that? Tomorrow night, I guess. Uh, yep. And, and uh, you know, we'll be up late watching, and there'll be a lot of teams rooting against them. All right. Thanks so much. Sure. Once again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1. We'll take our next question. Caller, please announce your name and your outlet. Caller, your line is open. Please go ahead. Uh, my question is already asked, so you can pass. Perfect. Thank you very much. We'll take our next question. Caller, please announce your name and your outlet. This is Dana Caldwell with the Naples Daily News and Fort Myers News Press. Thanks for doing this, Joe. I appreciate it. Uh, sure thing. Uh, one of the interesting things about covering a mid-major school like uh, FGCU is we've got uh, way too long to speculate. What uh, What do you think about <laughs> FGCU, and, and, and what sort of uh, seeding do you uh, do you think the Eagles are looking at? And and again, the way too early thing. Who are some teams you think they might be uh, matched up against? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I have them as a fourteen, uh, and they've been holding pretty steady there. Uh, what could happen, unlikely, but what could happen is, you know, some of the conference leaders ahead of them, like a Bucknell or a Vermont or a Princeton, let's say, if if two or three of them were to lose, uh, then FGCU would have a chance to to kind of filter on up to the to the thirteen line, uh, but but I think that's a bit of a reach. Uh, and and far too many things would have to happen, uh, but but it's within the range of possibility compared to to what I've seen over the years. I don't think they'll slide backward from a 14 because there's really nobody out there. There are not enough teams that could catch them to drop them down. Uh, so so I see them as as a 14. And you know when I look at the bracket of potential number threes you know, the the kind of natural thing that could happen would be uh it you know, it's quite possible that both Florida and Florida State will be in Orlando. Now they played Florida, right? That's correct. But not Florida State. Correct. So you you know, if 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 I had to put out there uh, you know, what would be an obvious kind of uh natural pairing, it would be uh, FSU in Orlando in a 3-14 game. Um, you know, after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Sure. And, and just as a little bit of a follow to that, uh, 
does the NCAA committee, this may seem like it's kind of out there, but does the NCAA committee put any stock at all into, uh, you know, style points, something the fans might want to see as far as seedings go, anything like that? Obviously, They really don't. They really don't. And part of that's because, I mean, it's just not a criteria for selection or seeding. Uh, and, 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 and secondly, uh, the, the, with all the bracketing rules that are in place about where teams can and can't go and who they can and can't face and in what round, like it's hard enough to follow all those rules and just slot the 68 teams without breaking any of them uh, to, to do that kind of matchmaking or, you know, kind of gimmicky pairings for style of play or, you know, storylines like everybody say, oh, you know, they paired this coach against this former assistant and all that stuff. Well, the, 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 the truth is the tournament has 67 games in it. You're going to have storylines no matter what. They're, they're unavoidable. Sure. Appreciate it, Joe. Sure. We'll take our next question. Caller, please announce your name and your outlet. Hey, Joe. Kevin Brockway, Gainesville Sun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Florida right now, I know you have them pretty solid as a four seed. Is there any chance of them slipping, or what do they have to do in the SEC tournament to maintain the top four seed? Yeah, I've looked, um, and, and, and most seem to have them, uh, you know, kind of split between three and four. So, you know, I guess I might be in a small minority that, that has them as a four, uh, and, and I guess that's in part because I'm trying to factor in a little bit of, you know, the, the current roster, which is shorthanded. And, and to me, that's worth a half a seed line to a seed line. Uh, and, and, you know, if they were to be upset, meaning to a lower seed, you know, if they get to the final, lose to Kentucky, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they'll be worse than a four. If, if they lose to somebody else, I suppose they could slide to a five. Uh, but overall, their numbers and profile are, are, are still pretty strong. Could they slide to a five if, if they lose their first game? Yes, I think so. Uh, and, and they could also stay the same. Remember, no, no result happens in a vacuum. What are all the other fours and fives doing? Right? You know, if, if, yeah. if you know, I've had years where in doing an update on a Monday, all four number one seeds lost in a given weekend, so nothing changed, right? Uh, it's kind of like if, if everybody stands still, nobody loses the race. Thanks, Jeff. Mm-hmm. We'll take our next question. Please announce your name and your outlet. Hi, Joe. Uh, Brent Dax here, Syracuse.com. Hope you're well. Um, hey, Brent. Instant reaction. Uh, Syracuse just lost to Miami here moments ago. I uh, want to get your thoughts on how that could affect them, if at all, and just the, the overall strengths and weaknesses of Syracuse's case. Well, I'm going to do an update, obviously, uh, of, of the bubble picture when this conference call is concluded. Uh, but I suspect that Syracuse will slide down, but stay in the field as one of the last four in. Uh, I also suspect that there will be great sentiment and punditry for the rest of the day and the rest of the week on them being out. Uh, 
I don't see that, and I'll tell you why. If if you compare their profile today versus exactly a year ago today when they lost in the exact same game to Pitt, right, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and that was a, you know, one-possession game at the end, uh, everybody knocked them out of the field, and we were wrong, and we were wrong in a big way because not only were they in the tournament, they weren't even in the first four. Well, this year they had a better league record, and they have more top 50 wins. So I, I, I think they're reasonably safe because I don't see how you can go 10-8 and eight in this year's ACC with the committee emphasis on power conferences and top 50 wins and leave them out. Now, I think they were a better basketball team last year, but on paper you could make the argument they're actually a little better this year. Caller, does that answer your question? Yep, all set. Thanks, Joe. You bet. He was just overcome by the prospects of Syracuse missing the field. It appears there's no further questions at this time in the phone queue. At this time, I'd like to open up all lines for any further comments or further questions. Hey, Joe, this is Bartha Badaya again from the David Glenn Show. I apologize for asking that same question twice, but I actually had a different question about the ACC. Uh, do you believe Wake okay. Forest is a lot to get in after yesterday's win? And if not, what else do they need to do to secure a spot in the field? Well, lock is a pretty strong word uh, for, you know, last four in status. And, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of uneven season that they've had. But they are finishing strong. I think they did what they had to do last week, beating Louisville and going on the road and winning at Virginia Tech. Uh, then it was a matter of avoiding the dreaded bad loss yesterday, right, a, a game that could only hurt them. Uh, I do not think they have to win today to make the tournament, but that might be a little bit uh, of viewing it in a vacuum because if they're just in by a spot or two and we have – some upset winners, one or two elsewhere later in the weekend, uh, you know, the bubble could shrink. And it usually does shrink by one or two spots a year coming down the stretch. So I would put their chances at about uh, 60-40 in favor, but I wouldn't necessarily be printing tickets yet. All right. Thank you, Joe. Sure. Once again, all lines are open for any follow-up. Also, Joe, to follow that up, what ACC team do you believe is the most poised to make a Final Four run? Uh, well, you have to go with North Carolina because they're arguably the most talented team in the country. But, I mean, you don't need a college basketball analyst to give you that answer. I, 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 think, I think teams that could make a run that aren't at the top that have just, you know, shown flashes of being Final Four good, I would put Florida State in that category. Um, uh, I'm not sold on Duke right now, but, 
you know, I've eaten crow on them in the past. Uh, uh, I'm not sold on Virginia right now. I just don't think they score it easily enough. Uh, and, and yeah, I would say the second best team in terms of a deep tournament run in my eyes is Florida State. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe, once again. Sure. Do we have any other questions on the line? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Ryan Young with SEC Country. Going back to the Gators, uh, what do you see as the likelihood of Florida getting sent to Orlando to open things up? Uh, extremely good uh, because there, there just aren't a lot of teams for which Orlando would be the obvious landing spot. Uh and and they're the only two, Florida, Florida State, the only two teams on the board, really, that can be a one through four seed, right, which which is what you need to kind of dictate your spot. So I, I think they're both going to be there as, as what I call pod leaders. Even if they were to be bounced early from the, the conference tournament this week? Well, if they slide to a five, then all bets are off because then they can't control where they go. They would be linked to wherever the other fours are, right? Because, you know, once you slot a four anywhere, you're automatically tying a five, a 12, and a 13 to that same site. Uh, So so you kind of (laughs) – you lose your uh, ability to do Google Maps uh, once you're not a top four anymore. <laughs> right. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Are there any more questions on the line? Yeah, so can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, hey, Joe, it's uh, Brent Dax again. I just I just wanted to clarify, uh, would first four, would last four, and I should say, would, does that put the first four in Dayton into play? And I'll add. Yes, that, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. And I was just going to say, uh, just to follow up on that, um, how much weight do you think 10 ACC wins is going to have in the mind of the committee with this Syracuse team now that they're they're done? Uh, I, I think it's going to have a lot of weight, and that's why I think they're going to make it. Uh, but but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were last four in, you know, my term, right, and that automatically equates to first four Dayton, the, the tournament's term. Uh, you know, but, but I would have said the same last year, and, and they slotted just above that. Brent, is, uh, do you have a follow-up? No, I'm all set. Thank you. All right, Brent, good luck. 
do we have any other questions for Joe? All right, uh, that concludes this conference call with ESPN bracketologist Joe Lunardi. Um, thank you all for joining today, and a special thank you to Joe for taking the time today. Um, no, you are very busy, so we really appreciate it. Uh, this call has been recorded, and we will post the replay and transcript up on ESPN Media Zone um, momentarily. And um, if anyone has any follow-up questions, uh, please feel free to email me. Uh, Angela.yang at ESPN.com. And again, uh, many thanks to Joe for taking the time today to answer all the questions. All right, we'll catch you later. Great, thanks, Joe. Okay, bye bye. Bye. Once again, this concludes today's call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.